Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring writer or artist and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field, along with contest winners and a few surprise guests. Today, we are actually at the first day of the Writers of the Future Awards Week here in Hollywood at the Roosevelt Hotel. And I'm interviewing right now Wolf Moon and Brittany Rainsden. Wolf Moon, some of you remember, from Writers of the Future Volume 35, who won with his story Super Duper Moon Girl and the Amazing Moon Doddler. He's a fantasy and SF writer, voice actor, editor, and artist. Brittany, Brittany Rainsden, was published originally in Deep Magic, and she is a finalist in Volume 37 with her story Half-Breed, and then she immediately turned around and became a winner for Volume 38 with her story The Last Dying Season. Today's podcast has a very special message, and I'm going to define a term for you, mentoring. Macmillan defines it as an experienced person who helps someone who has less experience, especially in their job. Webster's defines it as a trusted counselor or guide, a tutor or coach. Mentor actually came from uh, the friend of Odysseus, also known as Ulysses, who was entrusted with the education of Odysseus's son, Telemachus, he is a legendary Greek king of Ithaca and the hero of Homer's epic poem, The Odyssey. So welcome, Wolf Moon and Brittany Rainsden. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Well, after that introduction, I believe this podcast is going to be epic. <laughs> Indeed, it will be. So on the subject now of mentoring, I have you specifically uh, both together on this thing because Wolf as the mentor and Brittany as the mentoree, I want to discuss that whole process of what it in, entails and what's involved with that, but also the importance of it and how it's important also to find an appropriate, proper, and uh, a mentor that will actually work with you and not discourage you. So I guess to begin with, uh, Wolf, Moon, I'm going to call you Moon for the rest of the... Uh, Wonderful. Okay, That's good. my favorite title. Okay, good. So you've been a mentor for a while. So what made you or how did you evolve into becoming a mentor? And then what made you decide to choose Brittany? So I actually was mentored myself. And that's what moves you to realize this helped me. How can I help others? Which is a big focus of this contest. But it really began with uh, Dean Wesley Smith. Back in 1993, the Nebula Awards were mm -hmm. held in Eugene, Oregon. And I was just at the point where I was starting up writing again after trials in our life. And my wife saw an, saw an ad for the Nebula Awards in town. She said, why don't you go? And so I did. The very first person I met there was Dean Wesley Smith. And he asked me, he said, I see you're from Eugene. And he was really surprised because he didn't know me. He says, have you written anything? I said, yes. And he said, what? And I said, well, I wrote the story that won the Scholastic Art and Writing Awards back in high school when I was 15. And it was published in Science World. And he said, he said, how many issues did that sell? And I said, 500,000 per copy. And, he, and you were paid for that? I said, yes, I was paid above the pro rates even today for that. He goes, you're a published writer. And then for the rest of the convention, he introduced me to Tim Powers, Gene Wolfe, all of these people that, that were like, oh, my goodness, what am I doing here? He was going up saying, have you met Wolf Moon? He's a published writer. Have you met Wolf Moon? He's a published writer. And by the end of that convention, because of what Dean did for me, I realized 
I had done something special. I didn't think this was a big thing, but Dean considered it a big thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what a mentor does, is he saw a fledgling writer that needed some encouragement and help to keep going. He introduced me to the Wordos writing group. Uh, There I met Jerry Oltian, who also was a friend and mentor. And that uh, just continued to grow. Eventually, I sold a story to Dean. Dean and Chris Rush would have me out to their house on the coast. I got to meet K.W. Jeter at different uh, meals that they would have, and they'd always invite me over. And By the way, just in case you didn't know, Dean and Chris was the very first, I guess, romance from Writers of the Future from the very first workshop in Taos, New Mexico. That's where Dean met Chris. And they started their relationship then, and they got married. So that, that was the very first Writers of the Future relationship. Yes, that was a wonderful one. <laughs> yeah. And he was the first person to walk across the Writers of the Future That's stage right. as well. That's so, right. In volume so, one. So That's I knew right. a lot about Writers of the Future from, from Dean and Chris and the Wordos Workshop. So there's where that, that foundation of it all began. And then as time went on, I actually won the contest. And then I looked and said, well, how can I help other people win? And so at that time, there wasn't the Writers of the Future online workshop. It didn't exist yet. Right. And so I, I just looked and said, well, how can I help these others who with a little bit of guidance could probably win too? I knew there were good writers there. I'd been in the Writers of the Future forum. And so I set up a, a thread called uh, Wolf Moon Super Secrets. And I said, anybody that wants to write a story every quarter can join. And it was just open call, and I did it for a month, and then I closed it, and I worked with those people. And uh, so in that first year, I had a bunch of people join. The next year, I had even more join, like 17 people join, and that was the year you joined. No, I was there the first year. Oh, you were the first year. Okay, let's get this straight. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so you can go go ahead and and say how we met, which is very interesting. Oh, so... We met during volume 35, Mm -hmm. then um, one of the um, forum members had put up a challenge to uh, submit every quarter, and I was still pretty new to the contest. I think I'd only submitted three entries before then, uh, maybe four, but I was like, okay, well, I was able to do that all last year. Of course, I will try that again, and I will try to write a new story because I had heard some of these guys, and I'm sure it was probably you, um, say, you know, try to submit a new story every quarter. And so I decided to do that. Well, um, after the first quarter, I found out I was pregnant. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's okay. I can still do this. Um, but what ended up happening is the last um, quarter, I, I, I couldn't really focus because I was, that's my due date. Uh, I, my baby ended up coming late on September 24th. Uh, which the deadline is the 30th, you know, just a week before the deadline. And, um, but I, and I hadn't been able to work on my story. I hadn't been able to focus on it, but I went to on the forum and I was like, guys, I really want to make this, you know? And so they're like, it's okay. You're having a baby, but I really did still want to make it. So I ended up taking my laptop with me to the hospital because I was like, well, if there is the off chance, I have time. So I ended up writing most of that story in the hospital after delivering my baby. Um, I, I don't know if it's the flood of endorphins or whatever, you know, but I couldn't go to sleep. And I was like, okay, I am going to meet my goal. Um, and so, yeah. So, um, and then I got home. I, I had written everything but the last scene. Hard, uh, you know, transitioning to home with a new baby and everything. My husband agreed one night to watch the kids so that I could finish. And so the last day of the contest, I was able to submit just barely. No time for critiques, no time for anything. Um, but I had, you know, talked with some of these on the forum, and Wolf knew about this, you know. Um, and so he ended up 
reaching out to me and was like, hey. Yeah, so so at that point, I talked to you and said, John, you got to get this story because she wrote a finalist while just about delivering a baby in the hospital. There's a blog on risethefuture.com, the blog there. It's amazing. Yeah. So so, and then I asked Brittany, Brittany, let me take a look because she made finalists, but she didn't win. And I said, well, let me take a look at your finalists and let's see what's going on with it. So she sent it to me and I looked it over and I could see the thing that would have probably held it back, you know, and that's because I won the contest, and by that time I was actually acting as an editor at Future Science Fiction Digest, uh, doing podcasts and, and reading stories for them. So I said, well, Brittany, I said, there's this one issue that you have. You're a great writer, and she is. She's a very evocative writer, but she was, the, the big thing she was doing was she had this tendency if she'd start out, if it was science fiction, you'd think you were reading a science fiction story, and then by the end she would do a fantasy ending. If if she promised a fantasy story in the beginning, by the end it would turn out to be science fiction. And I said, you know, you make a promise in the opening of your story to the reader, a genre promise, actually. And so to swap it out at the end is actually kind of a miscue, and it's not expected. So really pick one or the other. Don't do both. Pick one or the other, focus on that, and deliver on your promise by the end. So you can add to that, but that was the council. I worked with you on that story and several others because it took her a while for mm-hmm. her to understand the lesson. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, and and there were a number of other things. You know, the the good thing about I think having a mentor is that dialogue that you can have a little bit. And you know, Wolf has read almost every piece I submitted to Writers of the Future. He has read at least the beginning, or um, or the whole story. And you know, through that process, I learned a lot. So. On one of these stories, because um, she had a hard, she was writing very big stories. They're all very big. And I had that issue too. That's why I wasn't winning the contest. I, I tried winning for 25 years before I finally won. Um, but I got several messages from the judges to write, you know, I was doing 17,000 word stories. I was a novelist trying to write short stories, and I had to rethink what a short story was. So I could see that with Brittany, she was writing these big stories. And I have this exercise I developed for myself to win a very tight flash fiction contest. It had 30,000 entries for the year, and I designed this exercise to teach myself to write tighter and and more concise. And I I did that exercise through that whole year, and I won out of 30,000 entries for the year. I won grand prize, and I had another story in, in, in that top 10. So I know this exercise works, and it's, it's called Kill Your Darlings. And so I, that's what I titled it. Um, And then I told Brittany, for one month, I would like you to do five of these kill your darlings exercise, which is a lot. They're hard. They're they're reduction, 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 but they're also trying to find the heart of your story, the beating heart. And then you build up after you found that. And so I told Brittany, do five of these in one month and your writing will change. And she actually listened to me and did it. Not everybody listened. I did. (laughs) (laughs) And so what happened, one of those stories... Go ahead. So, so one of those stories was because I've been a finalist four times in this contest. Ended up first of all being a finalist again here. Also didn't win, um, but I sent it over. I sent it over to Deep Magic. And, oh, I got to say something there too. Oh, say something. Yeah. So, 
She didn't send it anywhere first. She was only entering Writers of the Future, all right? This so, is true. So <laughs> this was something I discovered that a lot of people in the forum are only sending to the contest. And that's good, but it's not the only market out there. Right. It's the number one market, and you should be. there's no one else that will reward you more as a new writer than Writers of the Future. So you better have something in there every quarter. Mm-hmm. But then they, stories would come back, and they wouldn't send them anywhere else because now they weren't anonymous and so they felt threatened sending them out because now they might not like them if they rejected the story. And so I found it's this true. out through Brittany. And so I changed the whole workshop that everybody had to send out one story to Writers of the Future every quarter and another to another market. Let's just start with that. And you had to do that. So I told Brittany, from now on, you're sending a story out every quarter, um, which is just, it's a good start for beginners. Right. And so she listened again. And the very first one you sent out, number yes. one, it was made from a KYD, a, yes. a Kill Your Darlings <laughs> exercise. And number two, what happened to that very first story? They accepted it. <laughs> and where was that at? It was at um, Deep Magic. And then... Um, and, and the title of it? Oh, the title of it is Perfectly Painted Lies. Um, and that was printed in the spring issue this year. And um, it was actually reprinted along with one of Wolf's stories, a lot of wonderful stories, in their Best of Anthology uh, for Volume 2. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. (laughs) Thank you. And I have to tell you, Deep Magic, through that period that they chose the stories from, they published Terry Brooks, Ken Liu, who was also a winner of this contest, Mm -hmm. um, Michael Sullivan. uh, We've got Jeff Wheeler, of course, Charlie Holmberg. These are all best-selling authors. And so uh, out of that selection, Brittany... The first story she sent out not only got published in Deep Magic, but she also got chosen out of all of these great writers to be in their best, best of Deep up. Magic anthology, too. And, uh, and it was nice because as her mentor, I was there, too. So that's always nice when the, <laughs> when the mentor gets to also cool. be there with you and you get to share the table of contents together. That's an important thing. So, uh, But that's an amazing thing that she hadn't been sending any of them out, and she had gold sitting there. Yeah. And so that's a thing to encourage all of the podcast listeners that really don't sit on those stories. Send them out. So go ahead. Okay, you don't have to go ahead. We'll let John go ahead. <laughs> okay, so now um, you've got a mentor, but you've also got writing groups. And so I've heard, you know, you hear people say that you need to join writing groups. How is that different than actually finding and working with a mentor. Have you, have you participated in writing groups? Yes, I've been in, in a number of writing groups. I think um, like for the mentorship that, that we've had, it's more of like directed, I mean, advice, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it's like, it's, it's personal advice. It's very different because like when, when I'm in a critique group or something, um, you have all these different levels of... Uh, experience, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, so all these different levels of experience, but then people also don't have a perspective of, of a coach or of a mentor. So they're just, they're giving their own perspective from their angle. This is what I would do rather than this is what, and sometimes it's conflicting or, or whatever. Um, the, the thing about mentor, I, I think it's very, it's personalized direction. And the other thing is when you have a mentor, a lot of times, I think it works out best to have a mentor that happens organically, I guess. Like our friendship, our mentorship happened organically. Um, and um, if, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
because sometimes mentorships don't work out, you know, if you don't jive, if you don't, if you don't click, you know. So then you, yeah. so you remember, you've been a, participated in various writing groups and then are you still in writing groups? Um, or no, now that you've got working with Wolf Moon, then you're just kind of like. So I do, um, I, I have a lot of writing friends. I don't have a regular writing group right now because it's a lot to keep up with. Yeah. And, you know, I have, I have four kids. I have another one on the way. And I, I have, I've, I've cut back on, on doing that um, out of necessity, I suppose, mm -hmm. you know. And I, and I do think there is still value in writing groups, critique groups. I'm part of um, the Wolf Pack. Sometimes I get on the forum and we, and we exchange stories and do things like that. Um, but I think... Um, with a mentor, it's you have a mentor is someone who you respect and admire. They have this work, this body of work that, like, I loved Super Duper Moon Girl. Like, my my um, son loved Super Duper Moon Girl. I don't know how many times we read that story, you know. Um, and and I'd read Beast of the Month, some of these, and I knew, you know, Wolf had this track record of, um, you know, what he'd published, and and I and I read his stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I think hearing from a mentor who's further ahead and believes in you, you know, and is pushing you that that's worth a lot, you mm -hmm. know, and that's different than, than a critique group or, or something like that. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's actually a saying, if you want to reach a destination, the best person to ask is someone who has been there. And it's so simple. Um, but finding that person that's been there that will take the time to help you is very hard because once they've gotten there, it takes actually self-sacrifice to turn around and say, I'm going to come back and help you get up this mountain too. Um, but that's what we should do, being a good person. We shouldn't just say, I'm just going to take this and run and ha, 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 see y'all later. And so that's what I did on the forum was, okay, I won this. I know a whole bunch of the, the people around me were trying to win it. And I knew how now, and I figured out a way that I could explain things to them so that they could win too. And out of that workshop, there's now been, well, there's, there's four that would have been here at this, this actual event, but couldn't make it. Um, we've got two here though, Leah Ning, who read my super secrets mm -hmm. and, and her second entry actually was the entry after she read my super secrets on the writers of the future forum that she figured out how to compose her winner, and it was her winner the, the, after reading that. So, And others did the same. Others that weren't in my workshop but are in the forum reading it wrote to me and said, I made my first professional sale. You know, So it, uh, it's had over seven, it's 740,000 views now inside of your forum because it marks every time someone goes in mm -hmm. there. So that's huge. And that makes me really happy because not only am I mentoring the group that signed up to do this, they volunteered to do it, and I keep each year upping the stakes. So it gives them more work to do because you, it takes a lot of work to become a professional writer. And from an amateur, you can't dish it all up at once because uh, it'll freak them out what, what you actually have <laughs> yeah. to do. But you build your muscles, your, your writing muscles up to that level. And uh, so anyway, that's, that's what we did with the super secrets. I will say others that I mentored in there, uh, one was Zach Bright. He just won the Mike Resnick Memorial Award for New Writers. And he actually did that off the same exercise that I gave Brittany, the Kill Your Darlings exercise. He actually did that exercise that I taught him and used it to create his winner in the Mike Resnick Memorial oh, that's Award. That's great. That's great. It's one thing that's, that's really nice about this, too, is, you know, 
yourself out of the winter two years ago and having been striving this for 25 years and then yourself, the whole thing of paying it forward, I mean, that's something that uh, Owen Hubbard started when he first created this contest in 83, but even before that, in the 30s and 40s, when he was one of the most popular writers of Pulp Fiction in America, I mean, Seal Moore, there's letters of correspondence back and forth between him and her as he was mentoring her on, on how to write, and there's so many other um, writers or spying writers, he'd take the time and you see these letters of correspondence where he'd send them, okay, to this, this, and this, and it really made a difference, and he, um, I mean, a lot of the, 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 uh, the essays that you read on the workshop, they're on the um, online writing workshop, and then again now, are those the ones that he wrote there in the 30s and 40s, and they're as applicable now as they were when he started them, and that's why A.J. Budras, Aldous Budras, the first coordinating judge, um, I mean, he had great stories to tell when he, you know, first saw Elrond Hubbard at a convention, I think it was in Chicago. He said everybody was there just mingling around, and then all of a sudden this hush took over the whole conference room, and he said, he's here. And it was just, I mean, the way he told the story was great, you know, when Elrond Hubbard came in and spoke to him at, at the conference there. But that was his whole thing, was to help do that to help pay it forward and that's what this contest has now grown to such humongous proportions with entries now from over 175 countries and like you i think you commented earlier there's over you know there's thousands of entries every quarter that comes in now because it's so big and so when a person actually wins writers of the future um it's like you're in the upper one percentile of, of writers you know and so the amount of of respect that the contest has now because of all the judges. The judges are the ones I have no clue. You know, it's just, you know, I will be administrator, you know, support, but the judges are the ones that, that picked you and said that you are, you're worthy and they picked you and said you're worthy. And um, so it's important that people really get the value of this and what mentoring is and being able to pay it forward. And the people that will go back to help someone else is just really you don't see it a whole lot, unfortunately, in general. You see it, you know, definitely in the science fiction and fantasy community. I mean, witness all of our judges, that's what they're doing. But, but then our winners, too, and we'll have several more winners here um, later this week from past years coming in wanting to, like, give their support and, and uh, help as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the contest is actually, even though L. Ron Hubbard's gone, it's still mentoring a whole new generation of writers and, and Patrick Rothfuss, David Farland, uh, even my mentor, Dean Wesley Smith, was the very first guy to walk across the stage. Mm -hmm. um, so it's creating this wonderful uh, whole, whole new crop, a whole new generation of writers that have really influenced the industry. And, you know, and then some of them have turned around and helped other writers. So mm -hmm. it really feeds a very good spirit in the industry. Um, Dean, like, one of the things when I would share my writing with him, and he actually published my next professional story in Star Trek Strange New Worlds 2, uh, Seventh Heaven, that was called A Borg Love Story. What could be sweeter? <laughs> and uh, it worked. Yeah. Uh, I did it. But uh, I always challenge myself when yeah. I'm writing, and I always challenge my students to think outside the box because that's the story that's going to sell. But uh, Dean worked with me on what was third-person close or third-person intimate um, point of view, you know, because new writers tend to do omniscient and it's not, it's distant. And so he talked about, 
you know, get right into that person's head and, and don't leave it. And so that was his advice to me, and I've always worked on that. And now I work with my, uh, the people I'm mentoring on that very thing. How, how can you, instead of being distant and have this distant camera view, why not just stick it right on their forehead and everything you see and experiences through that character? And it becomes much more visceral because you start walking in their body. You actually kind of inhabit them with mm -hmm. that third person close or third person intimate uh, point of view. And so I, I really work on people with that. I've worked on that with you too. Absolutely, yes. And it makes for a stronger writing. Not that you aren't already a strong writer, but that's what a mentor does. They look and say, here's how we could do it even. You, you're already good. How can we make it better? So um, anyway, if you wanted to add to that. Well, I, so you were talking a little bit about, you know, how your mentor, uh, some of the things you learned from him. I think one of the biggest things I've learned from Wolf is, is to believe. <laughs> um, when I, when he came home from Writers of the Future, um, I don't know, about, about two years ago, sometime after that, he told me to write on a sticky note that belief becomes reality and put that in uh, where my writing space is, which I share with, you know, children and it wanders off at some point. I think sometimes it's really hard to believe, you know, that, that, I mean, there are thousands of people who enter this contest, you know, the, the odds, if it was drawing it out of a hat are, you know, so small, if that's, if that's how it really worked, you know? Um, and, you know, sometimes it can just like seem like so much, but I think, for me, knowing that there is someone who um, who I respected as as a person, as a writer, you know, who believed that I was capable of of doing this, I could stick that note back up and I'm like, yeah, okay. Because um, when it comes down to it, then belief becomes your action, and then your action can become your results um, eventually, mm -hmm. hopefully, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think for me that. Um, that has been the biggest thing. I mean, we can talk about, um, you know, ev evocative details and plotting and and the Kill Your Darlings and all that. And, and those have been wonderful, wonderful things. But, you know, I wasn't sending stories out. I wasn't, you know. I was. There was a lot that I wasn't doing because sometimes that just, you know, you're insecure when you're a new writer sometimes. Yeah. I mean, honestly. For sure. Um, and, and, yeah, anyway. So thank you for that. You're so most welcome. Much. You know what's funny about that saying? You're not the only person I've told that to. But it's really <laughs> important. You really, uh, and, and that's what's nice with the certificates from this contest, mm -hmm. is it starts you on that path to believing. Uh, and then once you get here, you'll need more belief. And so this contest really helps you to believe in the power of what you're capable of doing. But when you're new, you're very scared because you keep getting rejections. And mm -hmm. it's because you haven't reached a level of professionalism yet where that story will meet the standards that a magazine, a professional magazine, needs to be able to publish it. So that's that's the issue with new writers. And a mentor can help you keep scaling up so you level up. But that saying... I, there was so people that read the secrets on the forum, um, they'll write to me. And there was a, a teenager in high school that wrote to me and said, Hey, I really like those. And I, I, you know, I'd like to be a writer one day too, you know, and I liked your super duper moon girl story. I said, Okay, put this on your writing monitor. Belief becomes reality or belief determines reality. I said, And keep believing that you will be a writer. Well, in time, he, he used me for an essay and some things like that, and then we kind of faded away. And the other day, my Facebook 
post popped up with him on it when he w- we were first talking. And he wrote to me right away and he said, he said, I saw that saying. He said, I've kept that on my monitor all this time. He said, I want you to know in, in just two years, I've become a professional writer. I sold a story to Daily Science Fiction and I think another one to one of the Escape Pod programs. And he said that saying, he said, I would have never thought I would be here today. But he said it was because of that saying, that same one that you say, mm-hmm. that he believed that he could do it. He said, because of some personal attention. And really, that's what mentors mentors do. They help you see your potential. Mm-hmm. They help you figure it out. And they also know kindly what will take you need to change in order to get there. And so if they're nice about it, they won't tear you down. They'll actually build you up and show you a pathway so that you can get up to that next level. Good. Now, you made mention earlier, uh, Brittany, about the organic discovery of a mentor. So we got people listening to this from all over the world. How does one trip over an organic mentor? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I feel very fortunate of how, how that worked out. That 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 wolf kind of took took notice of me. But I think um, engaging in and like the writers of the future forum. If I hadn't engaged with people, we would have never met. You know, you need to be available, present. I guess and. I think opportunities present themselves if you are present, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, they're saying when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, but the teacher will only know that you're there if you're actually there. visible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the writers of the future forum, like for me to get Dean as my mentor, I actually had to make the step to go to the Nebula Awards and, and meet people who are very high-end writers. These are all mm-hmm. people that won Nebulas, Hugos, uh, Stokers. They were all there. Tim Powers was there, my hero, you know, yeah. and here he was. And and uh, so y- y- you have to be able to, I guess, extend yourself, even though it's scary, uh, go to superstars. I encouraged a whole bunch of uh, people in the forum to go to superstars. About four went. Leah Ning was one. Some others went as well. One of them won Writers of the Future and will mm-hmm. be here next year. Um, so you have, to, you have to actually be kind of looking, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, if you're, if you're trying and somebody sees that, they might say, you know, I'm going to help you get to that next spot. So good people do that. They turn around and help that person, give them a leg up. So that's the whole spirit behind this contest. That's what all the judges are doing with the winners. But before you become a winner, there's also other people that are turning around trying to help you there too. And one thing about writing groups. um, So a lot of writing groups are people all at the same level. And so they can help you because they're all learning together. So that's one way to level up is just as a group to keep studying, working hard. And the more you write, the better you're going to get. And you'll mm-hmm. actually be able to help one another. But a lot of times uh, it's all the same people with similar issues that can't see them to tell you, help you figure out how to level up. So you really want to try to find those people that are ahead of you that you can learn from. So, and so that's why I say go to, go to conferences, go to superstars if you can, get a scholarship if you can't afford it. That's what I did, and that's how I got there. Um, so, and, uh, and if none of that's available, one of my mentors was Ray Bradbury. I've never met him, but I read him all the time, and I study how he writes. And, uh, and that, to me, is from, from a kid where I learned how to write evocative writing because nobody was better at poetic prose than Ray Bradbury. So 
So even if you can't afford it or find it, there are other ways that you can study these, these great writers that you really appreciate, and they'll help you advance. That's good. Now, is there such a thing, like, can you Google writing mentors and have any, even a modicum of success? Or is this, is that just kind of like, is hit and miss on that way versus going and, and searching them out and just becoming part of whatever they're participating in? So the reason I say or, or organically or whatever sometimes works out uh, is because, I don't know, it, then you kind of click sometimes. It, it, they, if, I've had some some friends who have maybe um, like won Pitmat or different things and, and they won a mentorship, but it didn't really mesh. Sometimes when it doesn't organically happen, then it's harder to... Um, it, it just doesn't mesh. I don't know how else to say that, you know? <laughs> um, but like... Well, here's the other way that you can do it. Yeah. Um, and that is to take writing courses by different writers and figure out, you know, do they write the way you like? Do you like what they're teaching? And many writers will also do, you know, some of them will do editing. And so, like, for my editing clients, so some actually pay me to edit their manuscripts, and I become the writing coach then. So that's another way that you can get it if you can afford it. You can actually hire somebody, and if they're good, they won't just take your money and, and scratch on the page. They'll actually help you make a better story that you can keep learning from. And then, like for my clients, I actually help them find markets to send their stories to. So like in the case of Zach Bright, he was just in the Super Secrets Workshop, but I helped them find that market, the Mike Resnick Award, and then I kept on the group. So to make sure that they were going to enter something in it, I asked mm -hmm. who qualifies in this group because you have to be a new writer with nothing published. And then as a good mentor, I said, hey, have you got a story in? Are you getting one in? You know, let's do this, you know. So I had a client, uh, actually Elizabeth Chatsworth, who had me edit the opening of her, her novel, which went on to be a number one steampunk bestseller. And, and after I read what she had written, I said, are you entering Writers of the Future? She said, no. I said, why on earth are you not entering? All this can do is help your debut novel by winning Writers of the Future. Mm -hmm. And she said, okay, I'll think about it. She's a very, very nice British woman. Um, and I'll think about it. And then I followed up with her as the quarter was ending. And I said, so Elizabeth, how's your entry coming into Writers of the Future? Um, I haven't done it. I said, Elizabeth, this is crazy. You are a great writer. Said, Write a story. I said, take a chapter out of your novel if you have to and make a short story out of it and send it in. Well, so because I did that and stayed on her, she did. Well, she won Writers of the Future. So It's a great story. <laughs> I mean, I read both her short story as well as the novel both. Excellent. And it came out, it was great. It was the same thing that Patrick Rothfuss did. He had someone tell him to submit to Writers of the Future because he'd been shopping around his novel for quite some time to no avail. And then someone said, have you heard of Writers of the Future? He hadn't, so, he's, so I said, be sure to enter you know, the contest. So he took one of the chapters, the, um, the Road to Levenshire, and turned that into a short story, like I said, The Road to Levenshire, and he won the contest with that, just like what Elizabeth did. I mean, she already, I think she had, had she sold her novel by the time she won? She would. She she had sold it, but she hadn't published it yet, and the publisher was working with her still on it to get it up to the level that she wanted yeah. it to be. So, and Dave actually sent her to David Farland, who's the contest judge, actually sent her to me to help her with that opening that the that they really wanted to nail down. So I did. 
But then when I started writing, I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> you know, why aren't you submitting? You can, and you still have a chance, you know, before your novel gets published. And she listened finally, but it took following up because people have insecurities mm -hmm. and you just have to kind of keep helping them pass that. So that's that belief determines reality thing. You got to believe. And if you don't believe in yourself, a good mentor is going to help you believe just by saying, you're a good writer, <laughs> yeah. send your story out. And that's also the value just of Writers of the Future with the honorable mentions. That was, I mean, Brandon Sanderson, you know, he said he had submitted several novels and he was just building up a little bit of, you know, insecurity was going more and more and more as he wasn't selling. And then he got his honorable mention. Um, it gave him that little vote of confidence to keep on going. We had uh, another, Deliso Chapanda. He's, um, you would have never heard of him other than the fact that he uh, was runner-up in Britain's Got Talent as a comedian, and um, he's from Malawi. And nobody said, I was the only science fiction writer out there, and I was the only stand-up comedian. But when he got it, he said he posted his honorable mention certificate on his wall for years. It gave him that what he needed to know that he could write and don't give up, and he didn't. Like I said, now he's like he's got his own tour throughout the UK as a comedian. He's, he's doing incredibly well. But all of his press releases still has. He was an honorable mention in Writers of the Future. And, uh, I mean, Kevin Anderson never won, but he was honorable mention multiple times. And then he proed out. Uh, Joe Black was honorable mention in Writers of the Future at, at the beginning of his career. It's amazing when I talk to people, say, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with the contest. Yeah, I was, I, I was honorable mention. I was, it was like, cool, you know. So it, it is important to be able to get if nothing else from the contest, if you get up to the point of, of getting an honorable mention, you are in that, in that upper crust of, of writers who, if you persist, you can actually get, like you're saying, you, you just you know, believe in yourself and keep on going, that you, will, you do have the basic resources there to, to make it as a writer. There's a lot of honorable mention certificates that are issued every quarter now, but it's it's not because we're just trying to pump out more honorable mentions because the stories are that much better, in, in part due to the, the um, online writing workshop that we started a year and a half ago. It's just, it raised the, Dave Farland says, it's just raised the quality of storytelling con considerably. But also, because the number of entrants to the contest is so much more now, you know, from all over the world. So people are putting the honorable mention in their, in their resumes and automatically will get taken out of the slush pile and read by editors because they know that when a person's at the point, they're already talking to somebody who's in the upper 20% of, of aspiring writers. Yeah, one other thing when you said, how do you find a mentor um, or a writing group that can help you? The Writers of the Future Forum has people that are about to win in it. And every year we have a couple of winners from mm -hmm. every single year. So, and, and if they didn't win like one quarter, we had three finalists. So, um, so they're there sitting there and they're all swapping manuscripts. So they're already right at that professional level and it's free to join. <laughs> so so you can get free mentoring <laughs> yes. and that's what happened for you. I noticed exactly. you because you joined Writers of the Future, mm -hmm. Brittany. So. And, no, exactly. Well, and I think the forum, it's um, – it's just a nice place because I think this contest and, and the forum where people come to, it attracts good people mm -hmm. who are helping each other. I mean, because that's what the whole contest is about, is paying it forward, is, is you know, seeing the good that um, and the possibilities in new writers. Um, right. And so 
anyway, it's just it's just a good place. I would really encourage people to participate in the forum and be there because I know for me, it made a huge difference, you know. So Yeah, and for people who don't know, on writersofthefuture.com, which is where we're all talking about right now, it's um, you've got the forum. There's the free online writing workshop. There's the podcast, which we're almost up to 150 episodes now. Publish one new one every week, which has all types of topics on the subject of getting published as an author as well as as an illustrator. And we have just giants in the field talking about it. We have the blog, which has posts actually from both of you on it, which are really great. It's just personal stories. Because one thing that's also important to have is, is that awareness that this person was just like you, you know, except they're like five years earlier, 10 years earlier, or even just six months earlier. They're like you are right now. You want to make it. You're trying. You don't know if you got what it takes because all you get is rejects. You know, uh, Kevin Anderson jokes about he had, he had like over 700 rejections, you know, as an author. But he's right now one of the highest paid authors in America. You know, he just kept on working it. And that's the one thing that you get from the contest. It's all about that. And that was the purpose that was set up by Mr. Hubbard originally when he created this contest. It was to provide that means for the aspiring writer to have their, their works um, seen and acknowledged. You, you know, nobody acknowledges you out there. Nobody says, hey, that's great. Keep on going. The worst that's going to happen when you submit your story, your art, the very worst that will happen is that you get an email from the contest director saying, thank you very much for submitting submit again. That's the worst criticism you're going to get. So you keep on doing it and eventually get to a point where a judge will actually give you something, but you'll start getting your honorable mentions, silver honorable mentions, finalist. And um, I mean, that's what the whole thing, that's why it was created that way. That's, we've, we've been true to that. And the contest isn't political. It's not religious. It's just about science fiction and fantasy and really honoring those genres and making it possible for anybody that wants to make their go at it going. And then if you win the contest, you actually get mentored by David Farland, Tim Powers. In my class, we had Orson Scott Card as our instructors. They spend a week with you helping you become better writers. And, I mean, you've got the best in the industry actually mentoring this new crop of writers so that they get help to get up to that next level. I consider David Farland my mentor, and just because... I always got the daily writing tips because Joey yeah. Lavaki says sign up for the daily writing tips. Well, so you get those every day and you read them. And I mean, Dave's the expert on on writing. He's the guru. Yeah. And so you read all these and you learn all about writing. He actually is mentoring you from afar with all of these great writing tips. And then if you hit semifinalist in this contest, you actually get something that you would have to pay a lot of money for from a professional writer at his level, and that's a critique on your story. And that's worth its weight in gold. Um, so David Farland actually sent me a critique on, on one of my semifinalists. And in it, he said, Moon, he said, on the level of world building alone, this story was probably greater than all the other stories put together. But he said, you've got to learn to kill your darlings. <laughs> and I slapped my forehead because uh, Katie Wentworth, who was one of, Kathy Wentworth, who yeah. was one of the earlier judges, she had sent me a semifinalist thing just about the same thing. <laughs> so, so I was being mentored by the contest, but the student was finally ready <laughs> for the teacher to appear. And I look back and I go, I had an exercise that I developed to, for Flash to, to help me make my writing more concise. Why don't I use that 
same principle on this story that Dave just told me because I know it's good. It made semifinalists. So I took it from my 15,000, 16,000 words and brought it down to about 7,000 words. And it was a little too streamed down, so I brought it back up just a little bit. And I sold that. Actually, when I left for Writers of Future, I sent that off to Deep Magic. And when I came back, I had a sale. So, um, so that's the nice thing about the contest. When you hit those upper levels, you'll actually get mentoring from one of the best writing experts in the world on science fiction and fantasy, and, and that's David Farland. So, um, so anyway, I, my exercise that I give to them in honor of Dave saying that to me, who actually Stephen King is the first guy that said that. Um, Dave quoted that to me, and in honor of Dave as, as my mentor from afar, uh, I named my exercise after him, Kill Your Darlings. That's great. It's also good. What, what you're going to get later on this week, Brittany, is you're also going to have probably about a dozen other judges will come in, and they'll have their own hour-long workshop that they're going to give you as well on their perspective of writing. So um, it's, just, it's just an amazing thing because there isn't like, this is how you write science fiction or this is how you write fantasy because there's as many varied ways as there are varied art, um, artists you know, who, who write. So you're going to have, you know, um, well, you're going to have um, probably about 10 different writers are going to be coming in talking about different things, different aspects of either hard sci-fi, fantasy, the business of writing, because that's one thing too you don't get in school. No, you know yeah. <laughs> how you do it so you can actually make a living as an author. You know, and um, Kevin Anderson and Rebecca Mesta have a great seminar they give on the business of writing. But Larry Niven on hard sci-fi. You know, he'll do that stuff. He used to do it with Jerry Purnell when Jerry was still around, but so Larry does it now. Um, but you're talking about Dean Wilson Smith. He'll be here teaching as well. Um, there's going to be um, Chris West can't make it this year. So hopefully she'll make it next year. She really wants to be able to come down. And um, But there's just, all the judges have their own perspective on what to do, on how to do it. And you can take, pick and choose whatever works for you. It's not like, throw, you know, it yeah. is a fire hose of information, but... Tim, Tim and Dave were saying today, um, um, <laughs> they were saying today how sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll say one thing, the other one will say the one thing. Uh, and you and you pick and choose what works for you, what works you know for your story, and go with it. Um, but they both are giving good, valid advice, even if it's conflicting in some ways. Well, what works on one story might not work on another story. So that you fact that you get all this amazing information gives you bullpen to work with on different types of stories. So that's yeah. one thing that's really good too, because your stories, you're all over the place, you know, <laughs> intentionally. Yeah, exactly. I want to push my limits with every single story I write. Yeah, so what Dave teaches you on one thing might be great on this type of fantasy, but then you're going to get something else totally different on fantasy with Tim Powers, who writes in a whole different way to what Dave does. And then you've got someone like Kevin Anderson, who dictates his stories as he's hiking all over the United States. You know, and he's just, I mean, he's a high production author who writes a lot, you know, so he'll he'll do maybe half a dozen books a year, whereas Tim will do one novel a year, Dave, same type thing. But they do other things as well with, you know, with their skills as a writer, like what you do too, being able to mentor and coach and editing and all types of aspects, but in the overall field of writing. 
Yes, and in fact, so, some of those names you listed, Kevin J. Anderson, David Farland, Rebecca Mesta, uh, they actually are the founders of Superstars Writing Seminar. Mm-hmm. And so you go there and you get to hear very personal speeches from them on how they got to where they are today. And they actually take a very close interest in this, the members of Superstars and their success. They publish an anthology that they really want the Superstars members to be in. And, of course, uh, Kevin J. Anderson's also a Western uh, in Colorado University as a professor there teaching, mm-hmm. and he has an anthology as well. So he, he really watches for those who are who are trying to help themselves. Well, then he's got the power to help you too. So there's another great thing about mentors is if they see you working hard, they have power, you know, because they're ahead of you. And yeah, they Eric can Fletcher use that same power. Way. He was a winner. He he's has the, his own publishing house as well. Yep, and he's there at Superstars as well. He's one of the founders as well. Yeah. So, so I know all of them. Dean Moses Smith, all these guys there that got their, their start there with Rise of Future, they're now, you know, whether superstars, but they've all got their own publishing houses and they're totally willing to help. And what's great this year is we're going to have Leslie Robin, who's Galaxy's Edge magazine now. She's the editor of that. I just sold a story to her. Congratulations. Thank Tony you. Weisskopf, who's the uh, editor and publisher of Bain Books. She'll be the keynote speaker this year. And um, more power to her on whoever she finds that she wants to, uh, to, to publish. Because we went through and all the different judges and past winners are published by Bain. And a few years ago when we had um, the uh, publisher of Tor, um, Tom Doherty, you know, and when he received a Lifetime Achievement Award, just a number of people he published from Writers of the Future, it's just, it's amazing how it's grown. But like I said, 38 years is a lot of years for the contest to continue to grow, and that it's it's seeded the uh, the whole industry with people. With, and it's also a certain mentality that people have with Writers of the Future. It's kind of like honed and honed and honed. So, you, you know, just... We go for good people, just not so much because you know who you're getting, but the stories that they tell, the art that they do. It's We definitely have a, a the stories we go for are middle school and up. We don't need the, you know, we're not interested in the, the heavy sex, the heavy profanity. You don't need that to tell a good story. And so it makes it different. So it automatically rules it down to a certain type of storytelling, a certain type of an author that will do that. And they have a tendency to, to be good folks. That's very true. Oh. Yeah, you meet good people. Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now on, the, on, on mentoring, so on, on the whole thing of that, so to be able to go after, because I know people are, are looking for that magic handshake or that magic, okay, if I say, you know, Rumpelstiltskin and they nod and go with that look of, of like, okay, I got you. So again, let's just go over it. What does a person actually do? Or what do you recommend? Because you've got conventions. There's, like you're talking about, um, the courses that other writers do that they deliver that you can see if you click with them, reading their books to see if you like their styles that they do. Um, I know that going conventions, which was not really happening a whole lot the last year and a half, but I just finished attending uh, Dragon Con and Salt Lake City Fan X, and it was just amazing. Um, the panels were packed. Uh, There's virtual conferences going on now, too. I know they're doing another one for FireCon. 
Yes, Firecon in November. Mm -hmm. So I'll be teaching four master workshops there. So there's another way that you can find out if you like what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It certainly helped a lot of people. Uh, one lady several. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one one lady that took uh, my prize winning workshop, which has a lot of focus on how to win writers of future in it. Um, she took it and applied it to her novel, and she won the Canadian Book Award with her novel. And she then said it was because I took this workshop that I felt so strong about it. I went through every page of my book after the workshop and made it made it stronger, and that's why she felt she had won the award. And that's the thing. So we already are writing a lot. Well, that's good. And if you keep writing even more, eventually you will get there. But a good mentor can help you cut down the learning curve mm -hmm. by using their experience that, you know, if they took 10 years to learn it and now they've learned it, you can learn it maybe that day. You can, you can pick it up and start working on it yourself. And maybe it'll only take you a month or a year. Like Leah Ning, she read through everything I'd learned on in the writers that I put in the Writers of Future forum, and she took her next entry. She she was like a hawk going through that. She knows the super secrets better than I do, and she created her winner off of that by studying it so hard. So yeah, so that's another thing too that that happened is basics are important to have on the subject of writing. So it's important to have that positive outlook on it, but it's also important to know the difference between a noun and a verb and that when you have typos that mm -hmm. it's not going to make it past the first reader and these are some of the things also on the writers of the future online writing workshop that they're going to get just that tim powers david farland orson scott card teach through i think about 13 or 12 videos i think there's 10 or 11 essays by Ron hubbard the one from algis budras on all the steps of creating a story so there are certain uh, mechanics as mechanics yeah. to the skeleton of a story that you've got to have. It's got to be able to start, it's got to have a middle, and it's got to have an end. You need to be able to introduce characters, you've got to deal with, be able to deal with dialogue, you've got to have suspense, how do you do that, how do you build that, and that's what this online course gives, that you can then actually have a base of which to have some valid self-confidence and, and a hope, real life aspiration to, to doing something. Because if you don't know those things, you're not going to get very far. And you don't know that you don't know until you, <laughs> until you take the classes or yeah. start studying. Yeah. Well, I think, I think some writers just stumble across it, but they can't repeat it. So sometimes they can stumble across it and win Writers of the Future. But before your online course, now I think you require them to take the online course when they come here. Is that correct? Yeah, but for the actual workshop, they need to do that because that gives... The judges like Tim and Dave now, they're able to even do more honing stuff on like the business of writing and different aspects of it that previous to having this online writing workshop, a lot of what you do in that course is what they're going through in the workshop. Now they're able to take it even to a next level higher on, on becoming a professional. Because from their perspective, from all the judges' perspectives, once you win the contest, you've now crossed over the line, you're in the ranks of pro writers now. You are now officially a professional. And that's how they view you, and they won't treat you as anything other than you're a, you know, you're a comrade at arms now. And um, you're invited to 
the bar or to the table or where, wherever, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, you've made that point now. But I think that's the thing people think is now I've got the secret handshake because I won Writers of the Future. That's just one of the many peaks on the mm -hmm. whole course of moving along. For some, maybe that's all that it was, was to win this big contest. But honestly, if you did all this work to get here, why not take it to the next step, yeah. you know? And that's what the contest really encourages. Well, you got here, you're at this level now. Well, there's some more levels beyond this, and you need what this contest gives you because you're going to face more. Everything doors aren't going to mm -hmm. be wide open usually uh, yeah. for a few. There's all of a sudden the kind of. But I think that's rarer now of where that where the agents are sitting there watching everybody and just ready to sign a contract for you. It's harder now. So so this gives you fortification so that you can go on. At least that's what I've found from it, and you're. Yeah. On your first day, so what have you found so far, Brittany? Well, I'm like still taking it all in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot. Um, I don't know. I I think for me, the whole process of the contest at this point, I'm glad my first finalist entry didn't win because I think for me, this contest has given me more opportunity to grow. I guess to know how a story works versus just stumbling upon it, like how Wolf was saying before, just stumbling upon something that kind of worked. Um, now I can look at things more. And I'm still learning, obviously. <laughs> you sure, know, I sure. still have lots to learn. And hopefully I, you know, just always continue to learn because there's always more to do. But um, but you're going to be learning more as we go along, as you go along with your writing career. Yeah. And even Tim and Dave will still say and they're still learning. You know, there's always something new, some new aspect, some new thing. Tim's, they're both very well read. Yeah. And so they go like, <laughs> How do you do that? But they're looking at not as a spectator. They're reading the stuff as a professional. Like, how do they do that? How do they enter that character? How do they get that, that plot shift? How do they move in time? All these different things that you can take for granted as a spectator just reading a story. But mm -hmm. to actually create that and create it effectively and do it better than whoever you're talking about, you know, did it. Um, it requires having those those basics down there and continuing to do it and do it and do it. And then you've got your mentoring, but you've also got, at whatever you get to a certain point, then you've got your audience is going to say, this is, you know, you're, they're going to say, okay, this you got this right, you know, and as you continue to, to, to train and, and, and read and just practice it. So now we've got the last couple of minutes here. So I just want to know, if a person wants to be able to learn more and discover the, um, the uh, skills and assistance of Wolf's Moon, where do they go? Okay, well, um, obviously I, I do freelance editing, so if somebody wanted help with the manuscript, that's what I do. Um, so you can go to driftweave.com and D-R-I-F-T-W-E-A-V-E.com. Uh, also, The Super Secrets, I've... Uh, going to have two books coming out on that and that's through mark leslie lefave's company start publishing solutions and if you go to the super secrets with an s at the end dot com you can tie into when those will be coming out that's 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 my company the super com, and also my workshops are listed there so right now i'm going to be teaching four different workshops at firecon including kyd which helped Brittany and helped uh, uh, Zach with the Mike Resnick Award. So that's going to be taught there, as well as uh, the prize-winning workshop that I teach on how to win contests. I've won over 40 contests in my life, some of the biggest in the world. So I know 
That's that thing of if you've already been there, you can help others get there because mm-hmm. you've been there. You know the destination. And then uh, let's see, finally, my 24-hour story that I wrote in yeah. the workshop. Uh, unfortunately, I made the classic blunder. I didn't get into a land war in Asia, but almost <laughs> as classic a blunder. I came home from the workshop, and I didn't do anything more with that story because I was so busy. I was actually editing for a whole bunch of people and building up the super secrets and helping others. So I saw this anthology call, and I go, oh, my 24-hour story. And I pulled it out. In about four hours, I dusted it off because when you write in yeah. 24 hours, it's a rough draft. But uh, and so in about four hours, I dusted it off that day and I sent it into the anthology and it sold first time out, my 24-hour oh. story. And that was to, uh, the story is called Sophie's Parisian Stationery and Parfumerie Magnifique. And that's in the pro-paying anthology, Things with Feathers, Story of Hope. And it was just released two days ago. And that's from Third Flatiron. You can go to Amazon.com, Amazon. Uh, look up Wolf Moon, W-U-L-F, Wolf Moon, and you'll be able to pull that up as well as many other things I've written. And then finally, Dreamforge Anvil Magazine. I have articles on writing in there, the, the super secrets, every single issue and that's also from another winner called scott noel he's the editor and so he's from volume eight yeah so he's saw my work and he said i would like you to write write articles of writing for us. so i'm actually mentoring a whole group of people from his magazine as i write features for him on writing tips for aspiring writers hopeful writers as he calls them so uh, and that's at dreamforge magazine all one word dot com and i really encourage people to uh, you can read it for free or or sign up uh, it's like 16 bucks or something to get a year subscription and help scott keep that magazine going it's a beautiful magazine, a beautiful magazine. they've done wonderful work with that yes. and the very first issue that i ever saw of it was when i came to writers of the future and you handed them out to us and said this is a gift from scott noel and it was a brand new magazine at that time yep. and i looked and i said who is making this beautiful thing i haven't seen this in <laughs> sovereign media media made realms of fantasy i was so excited to see that and now i'm actually in the pages of that magazine i can't believe it and writers of the future put all of that together so anyway that's good so that's the answer thank you and Brittany. so how can somebody find uh your work and uh you've got just a lovely blog that you your a journal that you have which um i really enjoy reading thanks um my website is rainstonwrites.com um and you can find me on facebook uh Rainston author I have an author page there. Um, and you can find me on Amazon and the Deep Magic. Um, That's great. We'll be seeing a lot um, more of you, too, as the years come along now. I your, hope uh, so. <laughs> oh, I don't, for me, it's not hope. Oh, <laughs> Believe, <laughs> right? We're believing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Belief determines reality. Yeah. Deep Magic Anthology, too. And when we end the podcast, we're going to sign this over to you as a gift for you and the Writers of the Future Library. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The Writers of the Future podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeart, and Spotify. And it's also been globally syndicated on the United Public Radio Network. Writers and Illustrators of the Future are contests created by Elwin Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to new and amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. Again, thank you very much, Wolf Moon and Brittany Rainsden. You're most welcome. Our pleasure. <laughs>